The Loose Cannons podcast is a free-form discussion about film that contains mature language, such as poop and titty, and descriptions of mature situations, such as filing taxes and raising children. We do not have any concern for spoilers, so if you haven't seen the film or films we are discussing and don't want to have the twists ruined for you, please watch the film before listening to the podcast. We don't know what it is. We don't know what it can be. We don't know what it will be. We know that it is cool. That is a priceless asset. I'm not giving up. This one will be finished. It won't be finished. That's the point, the way fashion's never finished. What? Fashion. Fashion is never finished. You're talking about fashion, really? You... I'm talking about the idea of it, and I'm saying that it's never finished. Okay. But they managed to make money selling pants. Hey, everyone. It's another Loose Cannons mini-sode coming at you. We couldn't get the whole gang together this week, so... Ilya is joining me, Ruben, to discuss a very unheralded, underseen, under-discussed film, as we always do. It's 2010's The Social Network. Yay! By David Fincher. Hello! Hey, Ruben, Ilya. how are you? <laughs> I'm alright. How are you today? Pretty good. I had a day of uh, working from home today. Yeah. Uh, which was uh, not very productive since I was also a little bit sick, but... Success uh, will come to your plans. <laughs> yeah, well, thank you. Is that a fortune cookie? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> nice. <laughs> I like that. I, don't, I, don't, I, haven't, I haven't had a fortune cookie in a while. So I'll take it's that very one. very suited to the movie we're going to be discussing. It's true. Some very successful people. Yes, um, indeed. You want to tell us what happens in the social network, a movie that no one has seen? Yes, I, I, I can uh, divulge the, the plot of this movie. Um, the social network uh, tells the story of the creation of Facebook. And it tells that story through a series of courtroom scenes, depositions from Mark Zuckerberg and various parties affiliated with Facebook's creation. Uh, the other characters involve Eduardo, uh, I forget his last name, who the co-founder of Facebook with Andrew Garfield. Severin. And, and yes, Severin, I think, yeah. And then the, the, the Winklevoss twins played by Army Hammer um, and uh, a few other, uh, yeah, other characters um, that and traces like the big the, the the creation of Facebook from its very beginnings to it becoming like a an international uh, I guess online institution. But yeah, Ruben, what did you think of this movie? I like this movie. Um, it's well made and good to watch. And there are some moments that are very striking. But I also have a very very long list of complaints. Mm-hmm. about it. So uh, I think I gave it three stars when I originally watched it because I thought it was a little bit boring. And this time I definitely didn't find it boring at all, but I have more uh, other types of complaints about it. And I think I'm still stuck on that. Three stars didn't, didn't really sure. go anywhere for me. Um, Sounds fair. What about what about you? I think I'm uh, actually even slightly uh, more uh, 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 liking it this time. <laughs> I, I, I'd give it like a three and a half, probably. 
Um, while it's a little I'll also, surprising. While I also have like a, a bunch of complaints, <laughs> I this time also just... Um, I guess maybe it was because I rewatched Panic Room the other day, and now I'm like, well, actually David Fincher... Uh, like in a pretty similar way to what I used to think about Kubrick, Venture uh, is can be pretty funny sometimes. Um, sure. And this movie is pretty funny. <laughs> like I laughed a lot during it. I think I agree that it's really entertaining. I think that um, it's uh, a very weird movie, like a movie that about a very strange thing that happens told in a a way that um, is not uh, necessarily a movie that is honest about what like Facebook ended up becoming or even really is too yeah. interested in that, to be honest. I think it uses like pretty classic ways of storytelling and whatever um, to, uh, and, and kind of simplifies that whole thing down to like things that, Honestly, now looking at what Facebook has become seem pretty ridiculous. Um, but I also, I don't know, I liked, uh, liked a lot of the acting. A lot Foolish of vampire Peter Thiel shows up for a second yes. in this movie, completely <laughs> uncommented on. Oh, yeah. And uh, I mean, yeah, that, like, the, the dude that you could make, like, a pretty intense movie about nowadays um, that a lot of people would watch. Probably. Um, so, yeah, I don't, there's like a lot of uh, different uh, things that we can discuss uh, here. What, what would you like to start with? Um, I guess we can start with some of the stuff that I like. I think Jesse mm -hmm. Eisenberg's really good in this movie. I understand why people really narrowed in on that. And, uh, yeah, it's um, really suited his style of performance it's a very compelling performance and I mean I guess we'll get into this more later it might be too compelling hmm. <laughs> like uh, for a couple reasons Mark Zuckerberg the real person it's kind of a weird robot alien yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he sure is um, which is possibly because he bought that whole thing about that uh Sean Parker tells him in this movie about how there's no privacy anymore, so you have to live a hundred percent clean life. And so now he's just like an inhuman thing because he can't say anything that expresses any real opinion or emotion. <laughs> um, and then, of course, the other reason is that the movie is more curious as to why Mark Zuckerberg this version of Mark Zuckerberg is sad or distant or socially awkward than, you know, uh, Edward Severn at one point says that he doesn't care about money, which is the kind of thing that someone who can really do a lot of terrible stuff mm -hmm. <laughs> feels like he may not care about money, uh, a, because he has a lot of it now, and B, because by not caring about it, he's not thinking about how it affects other people. Yeah. <laughs> and the movie is not about that at all. 
Yeah. <laughs> I think that the movie really does try to uh, humanize him in a lot of ways that uh, are really kind of silly looking, uh, looking back, like facing the beginning of Facebook to basically him being a kind of like incel type dude who gets like yeah, really sure. mad at his girlfriend and then like writes a bunch of live journal posts uh, about her saying some really shitty things about her. But like even that is like, okay, um, well, who amongst us hasn't like written some stupid shit like on, on the internet once upon a time? <laughs> We haven't we all, uh, and that's like okay. That doesn't quite uh, reflect this dude who's like you said, like so extremely aware of every little thing that he says to not be offensive in any way. Um, that you know, it seems more much more well like you know a way to basically say, well, this is like a young kid who's, like, awkward and nerdy and, like, has issues with women. Um, and that's really not... <laughs> that's really kind of like a small drop in the ocean of what exactly this dude means, like, what, what this dude is probably like. Who knows what this dude is like? He's like a cipher, you know, like yeah. the real dude. Um, and um, I guess, you know like any other like creation myth, like this, uh, the, they, they kind of start to, like, it, it's weird, right? Because the movie is kind of based on a bunch of court documents or like yeah. people who said stuff during like depositions and like Sorkin tries to create like a lot of drama through these depositions. And it's actually to this movie's great credit that it's not that boring yeah. <laughs> having Although it's like told through this like super tedious <laughs> like device, uh, which is usually in movies is like totally like death. Like if you start like yeah. showing stuff in a courtroom, that's when the movie really like grinds to a halt. But here instead, it's like these courtroom dramas are like weirdly like amped, and there's like so much emotion, and there's this like weird like bromance that fell apart and that's like the main focus of it and um i think that's like a cute and, you know it's got that sort of pitter patter of yes dialogue that's um even when the dialogue is kind of corny has a rhythm to it that is entrancing yeah but i think like to your point about jesse eisenberg i agree i think he's he's really like uh, ratty and in a really <laughs> fun way. Um, there's there's a lot of really funny reaction shots uh, of his uh, every time someone says something that he disagrees with. He can't help himself but like kind of uh, viscerally react to it. Like he just like every time he thinks someone says something stupid, he just like something clenches on his face or whatever, and he just can't help himself. And, um, like, the irony, obviously, of a guy like that being <laughs> the creator of a social network and having, like, <laughs> these insights into what people really 
look for and what people are really like and whatever is yeah <laughs> you know it's kind of an it's an easy irony but it's a funny one obviously as this movie kind for of sure. progresses although that's definitely the place where the film's script falls into like the most i think easy criticism because it buys into like you know, kind of the same thing we talked about on Straight Outta Compton, like that easy hey geography formula where yeah. this guy's like, hey, there's someone in your class that I want to fuck. Do you know if she will want to fuck me? And he's like, yeah. that's what we should do. We should make Facebook a fuck site. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, maybe that's how it came about, but I doubt it. I doubt it was like an A to B scenario. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I also liked, um, I mean, I liked a lot of the performances in this. I liked Justin Timberlake's performance quite a bit. Um, is, uh, he also, I think like that's like a really good, like if, if Zuckerberg's portrayal is, I think, uh, not really a good portrayal of whatever this guy ended up being, like not really an honest one at least, then yeah. whatever Parker is like as a stand-in for all these like Silicon Valley hot entrepreneur guys or whatever yeah. it's really funny because he is he plays that to like a hilt like he's he's yeah. charming and he's like good at convincing people that he's much more than he really is and he uses like all kinds of like uh, uh, ways to like get into situations that are really good for him but then he can't help but fuck up because like he's just also uh, somebody who, like, doesn't really, I don't know, like, probably shouldn't be in these types of positions because he's, like, an, obs like a, a, an absolute fuck-up. Um, whereas guys like Zuckerberg, who are much more calculating uh, in a way and much more protective of uh, their image and whatever it is that they're doing and don't fall for, like, these types of traps, they're, like... They're the ones that end up, you know, that end yeah. up winning. So, but I think it's it's also interesting because... Yeah, Sean Parker's only like a hundred millionaire, whereas... Yeah, uh, he's like barely he's, a... He's in the poorhouse. Exactly. Zuckerberg now has like 60 billion. Yeah, it's funny that this movie became like one of the famous lines is when Sean Parker tells him that... A million isn't cool. You know, it's cool. It's a billion dollars. And now, like, Mark Zuckerberg has 60 billion. Facebook yeah. is worth, like, 400 billion or some shit. So, uh, a billion is not that cool anymore, I guess. No. <laughs> that's what, that's the, the learning of the past eight years is uh, uh, a billion is not, mm, not as cool as it once was, <laughs> really. Yeah, um... One of the things that I also think this movie gets right is wealth, like that kind of builds off what you were saying, is that like in a normal circumstance, Sean Parker is like kind of charming, but kind of weaselly, and like you would be able to dismiss him, but like they do a good job, for instance, of uh, setting up like uh, 
the first meetings with like the advertising and it's like in this little corner office or whatever with like George Stephanopoulos yeah. or something that was really funny. I don't know who that yeah. actor is. I think that's but Sorkin looks... himself actually. Oh, it's Sorkin, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And it's like in this it's little office funny. with like a 10-year-old computer or something like that, right? And then yeah. Sean Parker rolls in and doesn't actually have access to anything except for the appearance of wealth. Yes. So he shows up 20 minutes late to this meeting at this very open, fancy restaurant, blah, blah, blah. And it raises the stakes, even if in his case, it's a sort of fictional wealth um, in that comparison. And another really strong moment of like the same uh, idea is that when we find out about the the chicken (laughs) story with um, Eduardo, that we cut, we could do this cross-cutting with the trial and so we see in the past when it originally happened that like Zuckerberg's being like a normal friend like he's kind of teasing him about it he's like this is bad for our company and like being kind of silly and it's because it doesn't like in the real world actually mean anything but then when there's millions hundreds of millions a billion dollars on the line then this is now like an actual piece of evidence that they have to like litigate in like these serious voices Mm -hmm. Um, yeah i think also like a weird way is that i think um why parker is so important uh for for zuckerberg in this movie at least is that i think in this movie he's kind of obsessed with the idea that he's so likable that like mark is so unlikable in all matters of ways that people he can't like seem to really get people to like him the same way that Parker does, and it seems to be like something that is pretty attractive about him, for Mark, at least. Like yeah. on a almost like on a weird like scientific level, like he wants to understand why people like this guy, and um, in a weird way, maybe even thinks about maybe like whether he can become someone like that. But then at the same time, like he can't help himself; he just remains this like weird, sad nerd throughout the whole movie. Never really becomes liked by anyone. Um, but I think, uh, let's start with the, with the thing that, for example, I, I was kind of weirded out more uh, in this rewatch, and that's, uh, I think that, for example, the whole conceit of this story being like a story of betrayal between two two guys and that like Eduardo represents a kind of moral center of the movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that that's like a pretty weak idea from which to start because I don't think it really holds a lot of, a lot of ground. Like um, I think the first time we hear about Eduardo in this movie, it's like, Oh yeah, he made like $300,000 yep. betting oil futures. So like, okay, so, all right. So this guy, <laughs> is going to be our good guy because he's like the moral capitalist. He's just like yeah. really smart and really good at what he does and he knows like he's he's going to grind it out to get to become like a millionaire or whatever. And that's like... I mean, that's for still sure, like in a, 2010, I wasn't of the opinion that the investor class just in and of themselves, their job was uh, yeah. unethical, but I am that way now. So that one yes. stood out to me too. I was like, yeah. oh. He made his money off of having money. Yes. <laughs> and betting like, with other people and winning bets. Because, like, you know, like, what I enjoyed a lot about this movie is, like, 
there's all these like gross nerds and coke-addled entrepreneurs and Machiavellian venture capitalists, and then you have like the weird like old rich guard, like represented by yeah. the by the Bickle bosses, these like rich privileged gentlemen of Harvard jock shitheads, <laughs> like that are just like the main. Uh, uh, oh, let's say classic idea of what wealth uh, means and like they're all like unlikable in their own way and I kind of like that the movie is watchable while still you know not pretending that these people are like cool or anything like that or that they have to have something about them that is like morally you know that makes you like want to root for them or anything like that but with Eduardo they really like the movie really tries to like make him into this good guy so much but it's like kind of a joke like in the very beginning when Mark starts building the what the face mash and he's like first idea is like comparing women to farm animals and whatever and then Eduardo comes in with like hmm is that such a good idea for like three seconds or something <laughs> like, okay all right yeah this, um, this guy he's really uh, <laughs> he's a real moral fucking center of gravity here. Yeah, I don't remember who originally suggests the farm animals, quote-unquote, joke. Um, and then Zuckerberg's already on the idea of just comparing women to other women right? Um, when he arrives. But yeah, like, Severin makes a, a statement of, you know, he's, uh, he's like, uh, we're comparing girls or something like that and then he says you mean students um yeah which is like there's so many problems if we're supposed to take this as a moment of us connecting with him as an audience yes. the the first problem is the most obvious one which is that all he does is says a thing but then he goes through with it mm -hmm. anyway so he's like yeah he's like i'm gonna voice my complaints i'm gonna voice my complaints but i'm gonna show you the algorithm that i learned it's going to make your site viable anyway. Yeah. So, and then the second is the idea that somehow he's bought into the whole Harvard nonsense. He's like, oh, you should be more respectful of these women mm -hmm. as opposed to other women because they're Harvard students. Yeah. And right. that adds a level of importance to their humanity that you're not considering. Yeah. Like, that's the unintentional, like, implied element of his line and I'm like ooh he thought he was defending these women's humanity but he's defending yeah. it's, you know a classic white feminism he's defending a small group of women's humanity at the expense of all other women everywhere exactly <laughs> yeah and I mean like uh, there's like this whole story about with him and his like weird psycho Asian girlfriend that is like another song. one of Aaron Sorkin's well-rounded characters. <laughs> yeah. like, I mean, I think that's the thing that even people who like the movie always point to as being, like, a big misfire. So, yeah. And I agree yeah. with them. It's, it's, does, it adds little to nothing to the story except for a bunch of weird sexism and racism. Yeah, and it's and like... But it's supposed to make you, I think, kind of feel for him again. <laughs> like, all of that is just intended to make uh, Eduardo seem like the more human side of this, like, crazy uh, entrepreneurialism. Like, that's... Like, yeah, there are, there are these good guys out there. They just... They don't mean harm. 
they want to build something amazingly huge and amass power and wealth, but they want to do it in like a nice way, you know? They're, they're yeah, like, well, they're, they're giving you a huge benefit. You get Facebook and all they get is a couple billion dollars. Exactly. <laughs> Think how many people, you know, really I mean, benefit off of Facebook. Yeah, I mean, don't we all automatically... <laughs> Uh, uh, basically agree that once we like download an app on or to our phone that we want the whoever created that app to be able to like buy up schools and hospitals in like almost every city <laughs> in the country and influence politics and just basically uh, perhaps just have like an, an enormous amount of influence com comparable to like the most powerful politicians um, because he built a thing that you use on your phone sometimes, you know? That's yeah, like, I, I love a good oligarchy. Isn't that the trade-off that everyone kind of agrees to? Yeah, and one thing I think that people don't talk about, like with that relationship, that's another weird implied thing, um, less so about Eduardo and more so about the writers mm. and the filmmakers, is that like, so they meet, these women at first because and they're literally described as Facebook groupies like they want to have sex with Eduardo and Mark because they invented Facebook they mm. don't know anything about them personally yeah. and then Eduardo does the nice thing by actually getting into a relationship with her as opposed to just using her for sex and then she goes batshit crazy yeah. because Groupies can't be trusted. Like, that's the <laughs> implied thing. Is that, like, the fact that she wanted to have sex with him because he did something that was really cool makes her a wild, unpredictable person. But the fact that, like, every straight man on earth wants to have sex with women because they're hot, like, that yeah. doesn't make them weird, crazy people. Right. <laughs> So yeah. yeah, it's really bad. It's a really bad part of the story. And it's like, at some points, the movie seems to under understand, like, the inherent sexism of mm -hmm. nerds. Like, when it's cross-cutting at the beginning between them designing Face yes. Smash and then all the jock parties of them basically using, you know, like, he, like you just described, having women bust in, mm -hmm. you know, specifically to just, like, entertain these frat bros, like, yeah. yeah, that seems like a pretty pointed commentary on, like, uh, what these nerds are upset about isn't the treatment of those women, but the no, fact it's just that they, access. Don't, they, don't, they don't get to treat them that way. They're exactly, they just don't have not. access to them. If they had, they would. Like, that's the, <laughs> the only difference between them. And I actually, I really like the beginning of this movie where they're, like, he's pretty ruthless about showing every dude on campus basically being like, oh yeah, I'm super into this rating yeah. one girl against the other, and only like women being like, what the fuck? This is, yep. <laughs> stop doing this. Um, <laughs> and then like, be they like, whatever, like you're not even sure what exactly they're doing. They're just all Harvard people, right? That's the yeah. only thing you know about all of them. And uh, there's definitely like this tension in the movie between, uh, I guess, whatever, like, if to put it, like, basically, like, old and new stuff, so you have Harvard, which is, like, at one point is told in the story is, like, oh, this building is older than the Constitution or something, that's yeah, when R.B. Hammer... Yeah, it's older than the country that it, yeah, resides in. 
Exactly. Um, and then, Which of course, uh, is not true time, because there were people living here before there were. Of course, that's why they. Yeah, <laughs> using using country is is interesting. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but like, uh, and then at the same time, you have you know uh, someone like creating uh, an internet venture that nobody, like most of the people in the school, uh, especially in the administration, don't didn't really understand. Like, there's a scene where Larry Summers, in a very weird weird scene, where Larry Summers is like super funny and likable, and is like the guy who's like t uh, telling the privileged rich kids that they shouldn't <laughs> yes. use. Uh, their privileged rich status to their advantage sort of weird like cool old school guy scene where he basically tells them that it that you know surely they're exaggerating by imagining that this thing is going to be worth like a million dollars and it's like that's a kind of an interesting thing because it implies that well yeah the people that have have you know that usually that that, that uh, symbolize power at that time within the university, but also like Larry Summers being the former head of the treasury, uh, are actually not the people who will have it soon. Like they're not yeah. really ready that that power is going to be taken from them by people who have, who like they just don't have any idea how, uh, what, they're, what they're even doing at the moment. And um, it's like, a, it's a pointed bit of commentary. I don't know how uh, that how much of it was, uh, uh, you know, uh, was the was an idea from the start, but there's a lot of that stuff like how uh, I don't know, like uh, old wealth versus new wealth um, being expressed by like well uh, the way you used to think that you like get ahead in this world or you were told to by like your rich parents is that you live by certain weird rules and then at some point everything just you know through like hard work and your incredibly privileged status everything will uh, come to you but then they're realizing oh shit maybe that's not how it works anymore because this fucking guy who stole our idea and um, who we tried to like counter with whatever our parents taught us what we should do or whatever we were brought up to believe we should do, now we can't do that anymore. So like the old rich guys are like starting to lose control. And I think that that's like a, that's one of the things that this movie I think got right in a way. Because yeah. I mean, I think the hammers, the hammer performance is also very, very good. Super good. So funny. <laughs> I almost I almost said the hammers as if there's two of them. There's just one guy playing two parts. Um, yes. Yeah, I think one good version of this movie, which this movie isn't, and maybe one of the reasons why I don't love it, is about how um, this idea of disruption, like this idea that's, you know, this word and this idea that keeps coming out of Silicon Valley that they're gonna disrupt the old ways of doing things, mm. but the uh, the hierarchies don't change. What they're disrupting is who controls the power, yes. but not how power is distributed. And I think that that is a very important thing to say. But this movie can't sort of land that point because mm. we don't have an arc of Zuckerberg like as he realizes his power. Yes. Becoming a worse person. 
In fact, if anything, he's at his worst at the very beginning of the movie, and we're supposed to be more sympathetic to him at the end because he's accomplished everything, but he doesn't have the one he's thing still that he sad. wants, which is yeah. friendship with Erica Albright. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's <laughs> such a weird scene to end this on. No, uh, but, uh, like for me, if you're tracking how I feel this movie, it's not like yeah. a straight down, but it's yeah. like over. It's like like because the movie begins so strongly in mm -hmm. a way for me. I love yeah. Rooney Mara's performance as yeah. well, right. and you know I included that scene in my montage because I love that scene so much. Where she's you know she's it's not subtle, but she's laying out exactly how we should feel about these people. Like there are a lot of people who have self-professed victimhood, and mm -hmm. it's all on their own actions. Um, you know, yes. you think that girls don't like you because you're weird, you're a nerd, but girls don't like you because you're not a nice person. Exactly, you're jerk, yeah. You're an and, uh, and then the movie ends with Rashida Jones, Rashida like, Jones. comforting him exactly, and saying, like, yeah. oh, yeah. this is just a speeding ticket. And I'm like, oh, some people get a speeding ticket, and that's... That ruins their life. Like, they can't afford a $100 speeding ticket. Yeah. <laughs> but like you said, I think this movie is actually weirdly disinterested in power, to be honest. Yeah. It's interested in these weird, like, success stories and, like, some, like, Shakespearean, like, brotherhoods <laughs> uh, torn apart by success, whatever. That sort of stuff that always plays. But, like, the actual idea that... Like, it's only hinted at, ever. Um, and, uh, I mean, you know, at this point, um, the, tr the, the, let's say, relative tragedy of Eduardo being kind of shafted at that company is hard to, for me to feel any empathy towards because Eduardo Saverin has, like, $11 billion. Yeah, right he made now. that, okay. <laughs> so, he's fine, <laughs> Like, we're all not, I'm not sure if we're all fine that these guys no. got to where they are, you know? I'm not sure we're for the better that Facebook has so much incredible influence over, like, politics and just, like, how people communicate with each other, how we're used to basically perceiving uh, our friends or communities or, or I don't know what uh, through this, like, very... Uh, like lorded over algorithm that constantly is like adjusted to further <laughs> like algorithm. manipulate us into different shit. So I don't know, like that's something this movie is also not really particularly interested, in, which I think is like, it's fair. I don't think the movie, w this movie uh, is equipped to really analyze that sort of stuff. I think maybe some, somebody like Adam, uh, what's his name? Our, our good friend, um, uh, who Curtis. made, uh, yes, um, he's like, uh, equipped to maybe make like a big, big movie about this sort of stuff, but like, definitely not this, like this, uh, is... I've heard there was a secret algorithm that Zuckerberg <laughs> played and it pleased the Lord. <laughs> <laughs> um... Yeah. yeah, for sure. I mean, I don't want to get too much into, like, the idea of, like, uh, the movie isn't interested in it, and I'm kind of, like, being like, you should be interested in it. Material right. discussion is the most important type of discussion. You know, it's yeah. 
it's also important to evaluate the movie on exactly. the goals that it has for itself. I think and you know, in a weird way, you know what this movie movie reminded me a lot of uh, Whiplash, actually. Yeah. But uh, except sure. for, except for that, Whiplash is this like has like a, a figure that this movie really doesn't have, which is like this mentor figure that kind of tells the main character to shed his humanity in order to be great and to be successful. Yeah, it's also kind of the opposite arc because like yeah. he starts off with like a not great but like existing social sphere. And then he slowly, uh, you know, uh, disintegrates it over time in order to be this great person. Whereas in yeah. this, like, he has at most one friend. Like, they're like, you have one friend. Exactly. <laughs> and and, it, and it never seems like uh, his dissolution of his friendship with Eduardo is um, in the process of like making Facebook great. Like it's not presented as a trade-off. It's presented as spite mm -hmm. or like, you know, the inevitable consequence of, you know, uh, more money, more problems, I guess. Yeah, and it's say. not like he was that <laughs> nice to him in the beginning. He was always no. shitty to him. The whole movie, yeah. he's always shitty to him. He even like tells when he gets, whatever, punched by the phoenix. I don't know what are these great Harvard terms, I'm sure. Yeah. It's just like so fucking weird when you hear them uh, in a non-Harvard environment, as in mm -hmm. everyone else's normal people's environment. Um, yeah. That uh, he's like, yeah, you know what? It probably was a diversity thing. <laughs> you know, like what yeah. kind of friend tells another friend that shit? Like he's an awful friend, this whole movie. Yeah, for sure. I think so. his second comment is even worse when he finds out, like he, it's uh, after Facebook has already like, being designed or whatever, and he shows up and he tells him that he got to the second stage of the process, and he's like, "That's great, man. Even if you don't make it any further, like you exactly, should be very yeah. proud of that." You be very proud. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh man, yeah, awful. But yeah, those are also so, some of uh, Zuckerberg's best lines. <laughs> yes, definitely. <laughs> it's his ability to hey. deliver that in a way that's like very cruel and very offhanded at the same time and seems very true to like his character in this movie also like he that it's it's interesting i think uh, in that sense sorkin's like character work with him is like really good because like in the very first scene like everything you get to know about mark in the very first scene is exactly what he keeps doing throughout the whole movie like he's just like you you get to like a you totally, basically, after that very first scene, you kind of think, God, this guy's like a huge jerk who's obsessed with status and obsessed with, like, uh, seeming uh, uh, smart um, and uh, all these things. And, like, they're just repeated ad nauseum throughout the whole movie. Like, almost nothing that happens in this movie after that first scene about him is surprising in any way, and it's still, like, <laughs> very entertaining. So... That's like a pretty, pretty interesting way of like, uh, I guess, I get like the difference between like because that that whole like scene it seems like nobody would actually talk this way, right? It's yeah. not like naturalistic dialogue or anything like that. It's super stylized, but at the same time, it's like, oh yeah, I totally know who this guy is. Basically, after that, and it's uh, it's good. It's it's it's. Interesting, like, I guess that's where I, uh, uh, 
start thinking that like, okay, maybe um, this type of writing that Sorkin does while obviously being annoying and whatever is really effective at like building these characters up. Yeah. Yeah, you can even sort of read at least that first scene as like he, uh, Zuckerberg, is in a uh, Sorkin movie or TV show and Albright's just a normal person who's walked in on it because she keeps yeah. like being like, what are you talking about? Like yeah. you're talking too fast, you're skipping logical things, like the, you're skipping like the meat, the, not the meat, the, the cartilage of a conversation, the thing that connects the part that you care about together. Yeah. You know, and you've just stripped it to like what you think is like the most important things. Uh, so what what's happening right now? Mm, yes. Yeah, she's. I mean, she's. You know, I I, I love Rooney Mara. Yeah, she's great. She's, There's another she's scene super involving great in that her, scene and that's. Um, I mean, I wish the movie was. There's a part where he says like. Uh, you know, he's trying to pitch her on the idea that she should be interested in these clubs as well. And, yeah. she sa and he says something offhandedly to him about how uh, she'll get to meet people that she never would otherwise. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. And yeah. she picks up on how insulting that is immediately. Mm -hmm. And yeah. he doesn't understand. He says it's a statement of fact. I don't see why it's insulting. And I think on some level, again, the reason why this movie is good and not great is because Sorkin doesn't really understand either. Like, he doesn't have a, quote-unquote, um, class consciousness to <laughs> pick up on the subtleties of sometimes what language implies. Um, yeah. And is just sort of like, this is, I think, the snappiest or funniest or sharpest way to write this but i yeah. haven't like thought through the full implications that's true i think um yeah i uh, like thinking out loud about this right now uh, it's also weird how this movie sets up mark as like kind of like a you know oh he's warring against these like uh guys like the winkle bosses like Obviously, if you put anyone up against these two like guys that were just set up for success their whole lives, you'd want to root for the other person <laughs> because like yeah. who wants to root for these two uh, these two dudes? They like, represent everything that's the worst thing about the U.S. is like oh if you're yeah the, just... the villains in an '80s movie exactly yeah <laughs> and uh, Army Hammer plays them <laughs> great. <laughs> Like, uh, just, like, the, the, the but, but, like, there's, I guess, it's kind of dishonest to set Zuckerberg up as, like, a class warrior against them, you know? <laughs> it's, it's weird. Uh, especially yeah. considering I mean, that he was never interested in, uh, upending that situation. He was just interested no. in if anything, beating them at their own game and becoming way more wealthy than they are just out of spite, just to beat them, just to have to lord that over them and, you know, uh, kind of whatever. In this movie's, like, character psychology to, like, make up for something that, like, 
got him pissed off because his girlfriend told him that she kind of liked guys that rode, rode crew or somewhere, whatever, you know? Like, um, yeah. he's not interested in, in changing anything about the inequality that, like, people face compared to these guys, you know? Um, yeah. That's a different so, movie. Yeah, totally. Movie that we, that we would like or make. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, a fake, <laughs> a movie about a fake person that... <laughs> <laughs> that doesn't really, uh, yeah, that won't really get to exist. Um, one scene, uh, like just, just spe- <laughs> speaking of uh, uh, Army Hammer, though, I, is a scene I totally forgot, and I was really happy to remember that it existed in this movie, is that, that weird rowboating scene <laughs> when yeah. uh, Army Hammer's boat, rowboat team rows against the other one, and it's set to In the Hall of the Mountain King. Uh, mm-hmm. Trent Reznor's version of it, and it's just like, I'm not sure where this scene is from or what movie it's from. It's, it kind of comes out of the blue, but it's actually like it's it's a really funny bit of uh, uh, filmmaking, like three whatever two three minutes silent, and it's just like weird contorted faces uh, <laughs> performing sports to an audience of. Whatever ends up being like the Prince of Monaco and whatever, like weird people, just like a really weird sport for really weird people. I remember on my Gone Girl review that David Vandahar commented on that scene very specifically, and it's always stuck with me that it was his like critique. That was when he abandoned Fincher, is when he was watching this movie, and it came mm-hmm. to that scene, and it was because. He said, quote, he shoots every scene the same way, whether it's a boat race or someone being raped to death. Um, mm. That he doesn't think about, yeah, essentially like the social implications of things. He shoots it the way that it's going to look right, not uh, with any sort of, uh, yeah, like deeper meaning. And so it's like mm-hmm. <laughs> when I was... Like, the scene doesn't personally stand out to me in any way, but because of that comment, like, I can't watch it and not Interesting. think Yeah, I think <laughs> that. Watching it, I thought it was, like, uh, actually, I thought that the scene sort of did stick out. Like, especially in this movie, it stuck out stylistically, because, like, all the... It's shot in this way, that and it's, like, of kind of, like... photography, I can't remember, where it makes everything look small, like, Yeah, boys. exactly. And then, like, just the face is, like, really huge, and it kind of contorts everyone. Like, they look kind of silly. They're, they kind of look weird and silly and strange, and it's, like, set to, uh, like, a, uh, a bit of music that is, like, well, I guess, yeah, you'd hear that kind of music at these types of events, but it's also just, like, changed just enough to sound, like, kind of uncanny, to like give this like a weird like dread like sense of dread, and while it's like ostensibly just two boats racing against each other, it's like at the same time kind of like ghoulish. So I like I appreciated that, but maybe that's like a subjective thing. Obviously, I guess it's subjective. No, I mean this movie yeah. feels in a way like it was actually financed by this version of Mark Zuckerberg, which I don't know if it has any relationship to reality. Because yeah. it, like, wants to stick it to the Winklevoss twins in, like, a weird way. Like, even yeah. at the very end, it's, like, listing a bunch of things that you may want to know about what happened. And one of them is, like, the Winklevoss twins competed at the Olympics. They came in sixth. <laughs> it's like, yeah. 
Is that like a well, burn? What? I don't. I'm not yeah. sure. Is, it's is a that weird a burn? burn, I think, because it's like it feels like it's saying like Facebook is weird. number one, you're number six. And oh it's yeah. Like, six is still really good, especially yeah, it's pretty good. It's, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Yeah, it's it's strange. Again, like the whole again, like the there's like a class awareness in this movie, but they like, obviously this is like it it kind of rings false. Uh, considering everything, I uh, I think I mostly just yeah. I, this movie definitely uh, cemented Army Hammer for me as a performer. I greatly enjoy <laughs> a lot of a lot of things that he does, especially him like pronouncing these sentences like because we're gentlemen of Harvard is <laughs> great. I think it's just great line deliveries a lot. Uh, um, so yeah. Um, uh, the, uh, the cinematography, did that stick out to you in any way in this movie? It's green. <laughs> yeah, a lot of it, orange. A lot of orange. Like, apparently because um, like, a lot of lighting on the Harvard campus is orange, so they like, wanted to reflect that in some way, I guess. Mm. So maybe it's not just Finch's fault. <laughs> orange I, I mean, fetish. He does... I think he shoots things in a very... It, it was something that I considered saying is that, like, maybe I think he's too sympathetic to Zuckerberg because Fincher is himself also an exacting sociopathic athlete. <laughs> <laughs> it's true, yeah. <laughs> and he's like, why would, why would you want to be friends with people when you could do a shot a hundred times? Yeah, and I love how, like, all the actors in those movies basically just have, like, Stockholm Syndrome, because, like, I watched, like, an inter like, a bunch of interviews with them, and just like, oh, you just have such great freedom as an actor, because you can try so many different things, and I'm like, yeah, keep telling yourself that while you shoot a hundred scenes of you just saying, yes, 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 <laughs> it's just hilarious. It's just like a guy who clearly just doesn't actually know what he wants while he's shooting stuff. <laughs> he wants to keep like all his options open for later. He probably has like a three to four month like editing process where he just like has like a bunch of people fucking listen to a hundred versions of people saying one sentence <laughs> and has them narrow it down. So yeah, kind of a weird way to go about things, but oh well. Again, like um, very Kubrickian. It's the only other major note I have is about race. I already sort of brought this up a little bit yeah. when we talked about Eduardo's girlfriend and the fact that the movie is like fairly comfortable with like fetishizing Asian people, I mean Asian yeah. women. Um, there's also like a weird element of there when black people appear in this movie, they're always like someone's assistant. <laughs> Like yeah. Peter Thiel's assistant is Maurice. black and that yeah. and Larry Summers' assistant is black, like the person yeah. sitting in the room, and they're like there to high five them and that's it. <laughs> like, yeah. These black characters who appear just to like be like, nice one, Larry. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um which is pretty uncomfortable. Um which is sad because like the beginning of the movie again, I feel like is an unintentional commentary on Harvard's whiteness and its ties to whiteness and the ways in which 
I mean, not Harvard specifically, but all really quote-unquote elite institutions have significant ties to whiteness and uphold yeah. whiteness and the halls of wealth and stuff again not the type of stuff that he's thinking about and just like the way that it's shot and it, by being accurate for the time it's just like oh this is like super white like yeah just like a, an enormously white thing but of course like you could also say that eduardo has been whitewashed in his casting so it's not something that he's thinking about at all I mean, he's Brazilian, so yeah, he's not. He's he's not Andrew Garfield. That's for sure. That's not the type of person that he looks like. Yeah, <laughs> I I really don't think this movie has anything to say on that on that matter whatsoever. I think it's if anything, uh, completely either willfully disinterested or it's just like, well, none of these characters are black. What are we gonna do? We're, they're based on real people. So what? You can't you can't make them black. Right? Yeah. It's like, uh, and uh, it compared it to something like, because I made the Kubrick thing, like every time someone talks about Fincher, they have to mention Kubrick. Obviously, Kubrick for me is a much more interesting and uh, astute uh, director, especially when it comes to matters of like class and, and, and race, uh, because um, while I don't think that Kubrick is like a really a guy that really explored race in a major way, I think that like what we talked about on Eyes Wide Shut, how pointedly all the characters of color in that movie have this like uh, situation where they're either guarding something or they're like put in charge of like menial jobs or like things like that. That it can't possibly have been just like a coincidence. Like it just it's it's a point that that movie makes. Whereas here, like you said, there's like these couple of characters that are like assistants. There's Eduardo, who's like I'd say. You call that wonderful. You do that wonderful phrase of racially ambiguous and or basically, yeah, basically a white dude in this case, whitewashed uh, Latino, and um, all the Asian characters in the movie are like just like doll, like fuck dolls, whatever. Um, there's uh, which is ironic given the fact that Mark Zuckerberg and I think Eduardo Saverin also, I'm not sure, both ended up marrying Asian women. Um, that like whatever, uh, if if that's like a commentary on anything that this movie was trying to make at the time. In any case, like the I don't think this movie really has anything to say on that subject, and that's definitely a huge me, blind spot. Which is yeah. A problem. <laughs> yeah, huge it's a blind problem spot. for the movie. Yes. You can't not have anything to say about it. <laughs> Agree. Yeah, and like for all of like how good Rooney Mara is and how. Uh, I guess, uh, you know, well, her character uh, is, is written in a way, or like the things that she says are things that I would, I'm happy that they're in this movie. Almost all of the other women characters in this movie in general are just props. Like there is nothing yeah, sure. that they can bring to the table, except like, like you said, Rashida, Rashida Jones is there to just kind of make you sympathetic towards Mark at the end. But there's like a scene where... Um, uh, Sean Parker comes to his L.A. house, uh, where or not L.A. wherever that he is in San Francisco, I think. So um, he's uh, like he knocks on his door, and there's like this woman that's there, and uh, Mark is like, "Oh wait, Sean, Sean, did you did you move? Yeah, I'm like I'm like I was across the street. I was just like here with this is my uh, Sharon, 
or whatever, and she's like used as a prop to like just basically move his way into the house. And it's like, okay, I guess that's sort of a way to comment on how Sean Parker uses women, although that yeah. one scene earlier would imply that he's like, if anything, he's like charming and he's good with women, that he's like, but he's calculated about it. But then like, there's nothing ever made of that mostly throughout the movie. Like women kind of appear in scenes and they're there, but almost none of them have a name, nor do any of them really say or contribute anything to the scene besides just acting drunk and or like, I guess there's someone's partner or whatever it is. And it's not commented on in this movie by this movie really in, a, in any major way. That first scene where the bus with the women comes in, it's gross. And like, but there's also like a weird grossness about how giddy like that whole scene seems to be. Like, yeah, it's making a comment yeah. about the fact I that it's gross, but also it's enjoying it a little bit too much. And one of the problems with that scene, I think, is that fundamentally the filmmakers don't seem to understand that for whatever reason, and maybe it's not a good reason, those women consented to that. Yeah. They got on that bus, they went to those houses, they drank those beers. They didn't consent to having their photos that were on the yes. Harvard Facebook, the the pre-internet <laughs> Facebook, yeah, uh, to set up to be compared. Mm-hmm. And movie, you know, just in general, doesn't understand, I don't know, the depth of, <laughs> like, human emotions in a way. Like, the, I hate that Dakota Johnson scene, which is sad because I really like Dakota Johnson. But it's yeah. like... It's oh, like it's Dakota weird, Johnson. I didn't even recognize yeah, her right away. It's a, I think it's her first uh, role in mm-hmm. a major production. Um, it's like a weird dunking for no reason. This is this character, Sean Parker, that we haven't met, we don't care about yet. And she's like saying things that are like stereotypical. She's like, oh, you don't know anything about me. And then he like lists a bunch of facts about yeah. Yeah, her. Yeah, yeah. And then... Uh, He's like, I'm Sean Parker. And she's like, you're Sean Parker? And he's like, oh, there's shoes on the yeah. other foot now. And I'm like, what is the point of this scene? Like, I don't know. Maybe there would be a way to possibly play that scene where it's like he learned a bunch of facts and she didn't. But she was there in a way in which he wasn't. She was there like on a more important real level. Um, yeah. which would be a cool way to play that scene, but that's not how it plays. It just seems like, oh, women, they won't even do the things themselves that they want you to do. Yeah. You're out here learning about how they play the trombone, and they're mad that you don't know their major. It's true. Although I think that um, in a weird way, I'm not sure how much intentional that is, but if towards the movie where you kind of find out, oh, Sean actually totally goes after like super young girls and like yeah. uh, takes like cocaine with them and whatever and probably fucks them, you're like, oh, when you were watching that first scene, because it's like Justin Timberlake and he's likable and he seems like so nice or whatever, and like nice and a lot of whatever, uh, a lot of addendums added to that. Um, yeah, he probably didn't take advantage of that girl, but at the end of the movie, you're like, oh, actually, probably he did. Who knows? Yeah. <laughs> so, like, there's, like, For a sure. weird, again, like... He seems like the type of person who would design or at least check, like, the Emma Watson countdown to legality yes. clock. 
Exactly. <laughs> just to, he's exactly the kind of example of a dude who would learn the speak of it, right? He would learn how to seem like he's uh, not a predator, and he'd know how to seem likable to women and uh, supportive of them, whatever. But he's just doing that. It's your to 18th birthday? Oh, I did not know that. <laughs> get better at it. To get better at sleeping with them and, you know, manipulating them. That's the Happy only reason. 18th birthday. Let me buy you a drink. <laughs> How old am I? Oh, I'm 28. Uh, such creepy creepers, all of them. Um, all right. Well, I think you, uh, I'm, I'm convinced to probably uh, keep my rating at a three for this movie. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I think you pointed out a few things that I didn't notice right away. <laughs> and I think, I just feel also a bit queasy about liking this movie very much because it's just so gross in a lot of ways that it's hard to just say I like it a lot. But I like it because it does a lot of things yeah. quite well. Yeah. I just, you know, I also can't help but compare it to Buffy season six and I just feel like they really, for whatever reason, just nail nerd misogyny. Right? Yeah. It's true. <laughs> they get it. Probably because they were working with one. <laughs> like, <laughs> you know now. Yeah. Express my frustrations about this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. Thanks okay. for listening to the podcast. I hope you enjoyed it. Um, just like this week, I don't know what's coming out next week, so I can't tell you what to watch. Uh, might be Vagabond, directed by Agnes Varda, but I'm not positive. Uh, so I guess just watch for the next podcast. And um, you, know, you can check out all of our content on loosecannons.net, and you can give us money if you would like on patreon.com slash loosecannons, because we're part of that desperate internet sphere yeah we all these have, people we we're talking shit about we just want to be them <laughs> we just want a little drizzle can't little, wait for our movie a little money drizzle <laughs> we turned the tables on mark zuckerberg <laughs> <laughs> he showed up to a meeting in his robes we're gonna show up completely nude <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I just got out of the shower. <laughs> Alright. Thanks for joining me, Ilya. And thank you, everyone, for listening. My pleasure. Bye. Bye, everyone. Bye.